Hi, this is John Leahy, host of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to the podcast on a weekly basis. I truly appreciate my great audience. I'd also like to encourage you to consider subscribing to the podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify and virtually any place where podcasts are heard. So if you like the content, please consider subscribing. I appreciate it once again. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. I'm John Leahy, and uh, we thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I want to thank my guest last week, Mark Farinella, who is the former beat reporter for the New England Patriots. And uh, Mark also is a high school football analyst. We talked some high school football last week. If you'd like to check out that episode, please feel free to head on over to the website we have for the podcast, which is at LeahyStorytelling.com. That's L-E-A-H-Y, Storytelling.com. You can find a video. You can find my blog. There is also a way for you to contact me through voice messaging. There's a purple microphone at the lower right-hand corner of each page. You can also rate episodes from zero to five stars, and uh, you can also leave your own uh, rating, and I encourage you to consider subscribing to the podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify and a few other places. If you go to the website, uh, you can check out uh, all the places where we are. And also, I have uh, my website at johnrlahey.com, and this podcast links directly to the website. So, this week we're going to talk some college hockey, and I'm very happy to bring in a good friend and correspondent. He works for the New England Hockey Journal. And then the New England Baseball Journal in the offseason, and also for field level media. Our good friend Joshua Cummins is with us. And uh, Josh, thanks so much for being with us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, always great to talk hockey with a learned colleague. And I thought we'd start uh, by looking at Hockey East as we approach the end of the first semester. Many of the schools will be going on the semester break. And uh, what I'd like to start with, just are your general thoughts on what we've seen uh, on the season so far. Yeah, it's been quite a season so far. Obviously, we talk every year. Um, it feels like just about the parity of the league and, and how kind of special it is from, from top to bottom. But it's felt extra special this year just with the um, number of talented players and, and, and really want one thing. Um, that's maybe set it apart this year compared to the recent past is just the reemergence of Maine and, and New Hampshire as two of the, 
the best teams in the league so far, as far as record is, um, as far as records concerned and, and some of the teams that they've been able to, to beat so far. Um, so, so really it feels like we talk about that every year, but, but maybe those teams and just the number of talented players that are, uh, across the league from BC to BU and up in Maine and all of the others is just made for an even more competitive league than, than the one that we talk about being so competitive every year. You know, another important part, Josh, is the, uh, quality of the play against non-league teams. And yep. that, that is so very important when you get uh, to the playoff time, the pairwise considerations. Uh, those yeah. non-league games are very important when it comes to the pairwise. And I think if you take a look at uh, what Hockey East has done on the men's side, I think that uh, not only have they held their own against non-league opponents, but uh, they've done quite well. Yeah, it's uh, obviously last year with only a couple of teams making the tournament, that was really something to to watch coming into the season. And, and some of these teams have really, like you said, um, just kind of come back to to the level that hockey's was for for so long, and and obviously um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, kind of over the Christmas time, and um, obviously as the second half, the non conference games are a little less numerous, but uh, but really off to a good start and setting setting themselves up in a really good position for for several teams in the tournament. After uh, last year was maybe a disappointment as far as the the total number that made it. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, one of the conferences that has given Hockey East a real headache so far has been Atlantic Hockey. And, uh, you know, those are uh, there are plenty of games between Hockey East and that conference. I know Merrimack just had a few last weekend, but it's important for the league to do well in these non-league games, isn't it? Yeah, for, for sure. That's obviously what sets you up for for the for the for the conference schedule. And, and they're obviously some of the best teams in the country want to come play hockey's teams or, or have hockey's teams come to them. So, so to have that great record is really setting you up against some of the, the better teams in the country and, and, and obviously other local opponents as well. So definitely um, an, an important part of the season. And, and that's what sets you up for um, obviously as we look to the second half of the year for kind of success going down the stretch, if you play and play well against some of those teams. Well, let's take a look around the league. Uh, we'll take a look at all of the teams and uh, get your thoughts on them, Josh. And, We'll start with the BU Terriers. This is a team that is flying high. They're four and one in the last five. They're seven, two and one over the last 10. Uh, the obvious question I have to ask you is how good is Macklin Celebrini? Now, uh, Merrimack, yeah. I'll get, we'll get our first look at him Friday night up at Merrimack, but uh, he is uh, a much heralded player. And I, I know you've probably had a chance to see him. So uh, give us a little scouting report on Celebrini. Yeah, he he's incredible. Obviously, it's so hard for, uh, I guess maybe the the comparison to to make is to um, look back at kind of the last freshman that maybe BU had in Jack Eichel, and obviously he was older than even Celebrini is now, which is amazing to think. And and he's really just kind of lived up to to all of the hype. He he's got all of the kind of skill elements to his game, but but he really does a good job at kind of the, some of the other areas of the ice, which is really impressive for for someone who's so young and. Um, yeah, he, he's just kind of come in and, and done what he, what he knows how to do and, and really impressed in kind of the all around way that he, he plays the game. So he's, he's very special and definitely someone who kind of lives up to that number one, uh, hype that he kind of had, um, coming into the season. You know, I talked to Mike McMahon, uh, last weekend, we had him on yep. uh, the broadcast. He was doing color for the Bentley game that we did. And, yep. uh, he talked about how you cannot give this guy open ice because if yeah. he's got open ice, he will burn you. I guess the 
the way to kind of try and slow him down is to really put the physical body to him. So is, has that been your uh, perception? Yeah. But the other thing with BU is that he's not the only player on the, on the team. They're so talented and, and so deep. Obviously he's, he's, he's playing with some really great players who've kind of helped put him um, at, at that level. But, um, but, but yeah, he, he's well over a point per, per game at this point, almost two. So, um, r- really impressive to see what he's done and definitely yeah, you, you can't give him any open space because uh, he knows what to do with it whether he's putting the puck in the net or himself or he's got more assists than goals which is also really impressive for someone uh, at that age well you talk about supporting cast and uh, Lane Hudson uh, is <laughs> as good as any player I've seen come through not only BU but college hockey uh, we saw firsthand in the hockey's championship last game yeah. how good he really is he scored the overtime goal to beat Merrimack but Lane Hudson is the kind of guy that dominates every second he's on the ice yeah he, he's also really special obviously he was the one that we were talking about um <clears throat> last year as far as that really talented freshman and he's come in and, and done more of the same obviously he's he scored his goals too but but he he really knows how to how to set up his teammates and um, had a couple of really nice assists last week when they beat um, Quinnipiac before um, Thanksgiving. So yeah, he's, he is another really special one and he's kind of the, the engine that drives them on the other side of the, uh, of the puck for, for BU. So it's been really fun to watch him kind of come back and um, just kind of continue to develop his game because uh, he's another one who's going to have a a long career, I'm sure uh, going forward. And I think with BU, I think some of the questions were about goaltending because they lost yep. Vinny Duplessis to Quinnipiac, but they bring in Matthew Caron from Brown. And I, I thought he was one of the more underrated goaltenders in the nation last year. Now he's playing with a a very good BU team. And I think the Terriers are fine in net this year. Yeah, that was definitely the question mark kind of coming into, into the season. And maybe he, he struggled a little bit at the beginning as far as finding his footing, new team, whatever it might be. But he's really come on strong in – in the last handful of games and really I think played with um, just kind of a renewed confidence. He definitely feels like he maybe belongs there now, which the, the beginning of the season was a little bit up and down for him. Um, they lost a couple of games earlier in the season that maybe left some people scratching their head. Is this team really going to kind of live up to, to the hype and, and are they going to do what people thought they were going to do as far as with all of these star players? But yeah, they've been on, uh, they lost um, over the weekend against Cornell and, in Madison Square Garden, but but they'd rattle off uh, a handful of wins in a row before that, and he was a big reason why. So definitely, um, definitely come on strong of late after um, maybe a little bit of an up and down start, and and maybe that's to be expected for for a new uh, player coming into a new team, especially a a goalie, such a key position. But but he's really um, he's really been strong of late and backstopped them. All right, we're looking forward to seeing BU this weekend, Friday night at Merrimack, and then the return matches on Saturday at Aganis Arena. Second place right now, Josh, belongs to the Providence Friars. Strong 9-4-2 and two start, no surprise there. Uh, Friars have been very good at home. They're 6-1-1. One, and one. Uh, Yaroslav Hamelash, terrific hockey player. He, he is the engine that makes the Friars go offensively, and uh, they've got a, an outstanding goaltender, too, in Phillips Fedback. So uh, some good pieces there in Providence. Yeah, they, they had a really great run. Obviously, they lost one of their first two games to, to Michigan, but then they rattled off quite the, quite the unbeaten streak. And, and it obviously seems like they're such a, as you know, such a consistent team under, under Nate. It, it always feels like they're going to be there right at the top or, or near the top. And they definitely, they definitely have been, um, but yeah, really strong wins. They, they beat Michigan in one of those games. They also beat 
beat Denver and um, really just a really strong run that, that kind of shows the consistency that we're used to from them. Like you said, um, um, Hamalash is a really strong player and they've got quite a few um, re- returning players. And obviously Spedback is someone that, that Nate talked a lot about last season and just kind of, it's not easy to be a freshman and, and play goalie, especially in this league. And um, he had a great second half of last season's kind of carried it, carried it through, obviously played, um, played just about um, as much as you can play every game. And, um, and it's really been a, a big kind of backstop for them um, as well. And they, continuing they, in his sophomore year. Yeah. And also Luke Chris comes over to the Friars from Brown yeah. across town. And I think he's had a terrific first half. He's a solid defenseman. Yeah, obviously came from the same Brown team as Karan that we were talking about, and he just played such a ton of minutes for them last year. Obviously, he was Brown's best defenseman. He's really come in and kind of given them a, a veteran presence that that every team really loves to have, and and he's definitely been a great um, great addition for them, and and kind of continuing to add um, depth to that team. Obviously, in back is so important, and and kind of supporting Sved back as the last line of defense. Providence is off this weekend. They will head to Chestnut Hill next Saturday the night for the next game. Speaking of Boston College, mm. let's go there. The Eagles, number one team in the country, Josh. Four straight wins, 10-2-1 overall, tops in the nation. Um, this Boston College team, I knew they were going to be better, and uh, they skyrocket to the top. Cutter Gauthier is uh, an elite player, I think, and uh, Oscar Yelvik also uh, helps the Eagles offensively, but uh, – Greg Brown has that team playing at the top of their game right now. Yeah, another really kind of similar to BU as far as impressive depth and and talent. And obviously, Godier is just special. Obviously, um, saw them play over the weekend at Harvard. And Ted Donato was just talking about um, trying to describe his shot. And, and the only thing that he could say was it's, it's just different than than everyone else's. And, and it really does. Um, it is really something that you notice when, when you watch them, obviously, and it's really special to kind of have seen him come back for his sophomore year as such a high draft pick because he probably didn't need to. Um, but obviously I I think you can see that, that he's kind of developed into, um, more of that two-way player that, that obviously pro teams look for, but, but you, you can't really talk about this team without the, the freshman line that they have, because that's been, just incredible. I know going into the season, maybe Greg Brown wasn't even sure if they were going to play together just because you, you want to kind of see all of the different combinations and options that, that you have. And, and um, it didn't take them long to put them together. I think they did play from, from game one on and they've just been special. Uh, Obviously you don't know what you're going to get when you have freshmen, especially three freshmen playing together kind of coming up to this level, but they haven't really skipped a beat and you can just see that they've worked together for, for so long as far as the um, being teammates at the national development program. And um, it, it makes them look pretty smart to keep them together with the way that they've performed so far, just the, the way that they work off of each other. And, and in net too, they have a freshman there, um, a lot of freshmen here, but they've kind of, they've all played together and um, they've really supported the, the guys that they have coming back really, really well. Um, and that freshman in net being Jacob Fowler, who's been really outstanding. And, and again, we talked about um, freshman goaltending being so tough, but, but he's come in again and, and really just kind of carried the ball for them in a position that they haven't had the best goaltending success in the last couple of years. And he's kind of helped stabilize that position for them and, and been really strong. Yeah. Cutter Gauthier uh, nearly ended Merrimack season during the, uh, 
playoffs yeah. last year. There were, uh, I know he hit a post and uh, he came awfully close to ending mm-hmm. the uh, Warriors season. So Boston College will take on Northeastern this weekend in a home and home. And uh, the next team I want to discuss, the team that's in uh, fourth place right now, maybe the most surprising turnaround out of all of them. Yep. The, UN- the UNH Wildcats, they are ranked 11th nationally. And uh, UNH has had a terrific start. And Cy LeClaire, he is developing into a premier mm. player. And uh, UNH, they've got uh, something special going on there. Yeah, definitely the the most surprising. Obviously, Maine's up there as far as surprising. But I think just from where they were last year and seeing the pieces that they had, I uh, definitely uh, I would say the most surprising. They've got, um, like you said, LeClaire, someone who, who really stood out as a freshman as well and has kind of led, is leading the team in offense as far as goals. But They've got uh, a freshman Ryan Conmy, who's who's been really strong as well, right up there with him in, in points. And and they're another team that's just kind of it feels like you see the the depth and some of the players that um, have come along in the program. And, and they've obviously added a goaltender um, as well to help that position. And and both of them have seen um, pretty equal time. And um, and and really the the one that's kind of carried the load lately is, is Helston, who is a transfer from from North Dakota. His numbers are. Uh, he's only played in in six games, but his numbers are are incredible. Um, so yeah, definitely you, you kind of see the depth there and and what they've been able to do and and really been um, the the surprise of the league. I, I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see the crowds uh, coming back to the Whittemore Center. Yeah. I know where earlier this year, I think it was against Providence, uh, they were completely sold out. So uh, mm. UNH is a is a great hockey environment. It's great to see the Wildcats uh, enjoying the level of success that they've had. Another team that's off to a great start, Josh, the mm. UMass Minutemen. They are 9-3-1, and 5-1 and one in non-league play. Uh, three straight wins for UMass, including a sweep of uh, Providence uh, last yeah. weekend. Uh, a lot of good pieces there for Greg Carvel. Uh, they've got um, Mercury, Ufko, and Morrow, the three big ones. Scott Morrow, I think, is, uh, is among the elite defensemen in the league. Ryan Ufko, of mm. course, he's got a great body of work as well, and I know it hasn't been perfect for Greg Carvel, but I think uh, this year, but I think uh, overall he's been pretty pleased with the way the Minutemen have started. Yeah, I think so. Th- those two defensemen that you mentioned in, in Morrow and Ufko are really kind of the the leaders for them. I know when we were talking about Godier, we talked about like, did he really have to come back for 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 this year? And 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 I think those two guys could have made the argument that they were um, that they wanted to to test kind of the pro waters, but they've both come back. And and I know I just did a um, a story kind of about th- those two and, and their defenseman trend and just the number of guys that they've sent to, to the next level. And, and Carville said that those two guys kind of made the right decision in, in coming back and in wanting to kind of lead the group because they needed some leadership in that, in that position, especially after last year, I think that was the spot that he felt that they were maybe the most um, that they didn't have the most depth and, and really the two of them have helped that. And, and obviously they're such offensive players too. And that's really contributed to guys like Mercury and, and they have a freshman who's really contributing um, as well. So, so I think that improved defense has really helped them um, because um, you, you can't really expect kind of Greg's team to, to be down for more than one year in a row, just with the the run of success that they've been on. And those defensemen have kind of really been the, the biggest piece to kind of keeping that going and, um, kind of continuing on an upward trend for the for the program because last year wasn't where they wanted to be but but they're kind of back in that mix now and they've uh, they're another team that's beaten some some really strong teams in non-conference play that we talked about earlier 
Yeah, and I'm, I think back to that Michigan game where they scored six yeah. goals in the third period. Uh, so this is an explosive uh, UMass team. And, uh, again, a solid start for, for UMass. Yeah, and that was that was a, a game that that talking to those two guys they mentioned, and maybe last year they're they're not coming back from a deficit like that to 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 win that game, especially against a Michigan team that, as we know, has kind of had so many talented players over the last um, few years. So I think maybe they looked at that game as really a sign of of what they could do, and 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 they've they've won some other games too um, over the course of the season, Minnesota State. Um, being one of the teams that they beat. And, and obviously they have a, a freshman goalie. Uh, there's a few of them in, in the league. They have a freshman goalie who's come in and played really well and just kind of, uh, again, a position that maybe wasn't at its best last year for them. Um, and he's played really strong. He's a big guy. And um, and, and and you really see uh, kind of what he can do, um, kind of raw talent as a freshman. All right, let's take a look at Maine. The Black Bears are 6-3-1. and one. Uh, They are nationally ranked. You know, we saw Maine a couple of weeks ago uh, up at Merrimack, mm-hmm. and I was so impressed with that top line, the NATO brothers and uh, Lyndon Breen. I think it would uh, certainly be uh, within the realm of possibility that that could be the top line in the nation. They're that good. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 special. Though. So obviously, again, we're, we're talking about freshmen a lot here, and that's um, – really just like you said one of the best lines in the league they they feed each off feed off of each other really well i guess you can uh it helps when you've got two brothers in in that situation but but Riley is a first round draft pick like that's that's big stuff for a program that's kind of on on the rise and and Ben Bars obviously helped a number of programs kind of rise to to this point and and it seems like they're well, well on their way now obviously Breen's a, a really great player who kind of helps those guys along and and obviously um, they don't need a lot of help because they can score and and, and put up the points themselves. So um, really another team, you, I, I think maybe coming into the season, I thought they would be improved, but I, maybe I didn't see this record coming this quickly because um, they have all of the pieces, it seems like, to um, kind of keep being competitive. They're still maybe a little bit on the younger side on the on the other end of the ice, but um, but those two freshmen have kind of, come in and given them a really formidable top line that they maybe didn't have in, in the past couple of years, but definitely on, on the rise with, with Barr at the helm. And um, it'll be interesting to see as they kind of continue on in the season, um, kind of where they stand, but obviously they had a great weekend against BC. BU didn't fare as well for them, but, um, but they're going to be in a lot of games with, with kind of the, the depth that they have offensively um, and, and a strong returning goalie in, in, in Osman. Yeah, you mentioned Osman. Uh, I, I certainly think he's one of the uh, top-level goaltenders in the league. Uh, again, we saw him at Merrimack last month, and uh, a lot of people had him pegged for uh, being the top goaltender in Hockey East. Yeah, maybe the numbers aren't there as much as as you would have thought coming off of last year because I think you could probably make the argument that he was the top returning goalie in, in the league, so the – the numbers are maybe a little bit higher than you expected, but they've, but they've won games. Um, so um, it's been really impressive what they've done and, and to see kind of some of the teams that they've beaten, like you said, um, they, they beat Quinnipiac, they, they beat Merrimack. And uh, I know we talked about just BC as well. Um, and, and they've been pretty strong on the, on the defensive side too, not giving up a ton of, ton of shots and, and um, which obviously um, kind of helps lead to, to that success in the win 
loss column. So we'll see what happens when they come down the stretch, but they've set themselves in a pretty good position to kind of be competitive as we go forward. We're talking with Joshua Cummins. He's a correspondent for the New England Hockey Journal. We're taking a look at Hockey East, and you're listening to Airing It Out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. Uh, let's move on to the next team, Josh, the Yukon Huskies, 6-8-1. and one. Uh, However, they're just 1-4 and four at home. Yukon finally won a uh, home game last weekend. Uh, I've seen a lot of great things from Andrew Lucas, the former Vermont Catamount. Lucas had a game-winning goal against Merrimack a few weeks ago, and uh, Mike Cavanaugh was uh, raving about Hudson Shandor, and his star has shown brightly down in stores. Yeah, the, with them, it, it, it kind of leaves you scratching their head looking at, at um, I guess, maybe some of the underlying numbers and hearing him talk about the way that their team has been playing. It, I think you could probably say they've maybe been unlucky kind of so far this season in the, the number of kind of, I know Cav has talked about kind of the, the number of chances that they have and just not being able to kind of put them in the back of the net. So, so I know he's liked a lot of the games that they've played, but, but obviously not the results, but um, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch because like you said, they do have some, some, some experienced players and, and kind of both sides of the puck. And obviously another really talented um, player that we were talking about as a freshman last year in, in Matthew Wood. Um, so yeah, right. really, um, yeah. Um, so I, I know he's been really happy with kind of the, the way that they've been playing for the most part, but, um, but maybe the, um, obviously not the results. So, um, if they're able to start putting some pucks in the net with the guys that, that they have, obviously that we just named and, and others, um, I wouldn't want to play them down the stretch because they definitely have the talent to, to compete as we saw, uh, in the past couple of years, but it's just kind of a matter of finding those goals that haven't been there or have been saved in the kind of first half of the season. So it'll be interesting down the stretch to see where they come, but, but they definitely, um, they definitely have some of the pieces to, to kind of keep going in, in some of those talented players we're talking about. Yeah. Historically, UConn is a team that gets stronger as the year goes on. So I'm, I'm fully, sure. I'm fully expecting that from them. Uh, next team uh, down in the standings. Uh, the next team in the standings are the Merrimack Warriors. The Merrimack uh, getting back to the 500 level with a couple of wins this past weekend against Army and Bentley. Uh, big thing with Merrimack now is they are really battling some injuries on the back line. They've got a couple of key defensemen out in Mike Brown and Ivan Zivlak. And uh, Zach Bookman took a shot on the ankle in a game at Lowell, but uh, fortunately uh, he is back. But Alex Jeffries, he is a top star, and uh, he turned down an opportunity to, to sign with the New York Islanders, and uh, he stays yeah. at Merrimack. And again, Merrimack may have the two best goaltending, uh, the two best goaltenders, right. the best goaltending tandem in the league, league in Zach Borgiel and Hugo Ola. So let me get your thoughts on Merrimack as uh, we wind down the first semester here. Yeah, obviously you can't foresee the the injuries, but this was – I thought would be one of the best teams in the league coming into the season. Obviously um, you can't really project what's going to happen with the freshmen at BC and BU. Obviously, you know, their talent, but um, doesn't always come together with freshmen, but, but this was maybe the team that I thought had the least questions with the kind of with their best lineup. Obviously that hasn't happened so far with Jeffries kind of going down at the beginning of the season and coming back to, to be really strong in the, in the last few weeks. And, um, right up there as far as points, but yeah, I, I really like them coming into the season. If they get a healthy lineup again, like <laughs> I wouldn't want to play them as you go down the stretch, even if they're 
their record isn't what maybe I'm sure they would hope or want it to be right now, but, but they definitely have a lot of pieces, obviously with Jeffries and, and Matt Capone is another one who I've just loved the way that he's kind of come along over the course of his career. Um, I know I did a story on him last year and, and Scott just t- kind of talked about just the improvements that he's made. And you really see it now with him being again, one of the, the leaders of the team. So yeah, that, that defense is, is definitely, like you said, banged up and, um, but they're a really strong team, I think, with their healthiest lineup, and and you you can't look past the the goaltending group that that you mentioned. It's 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 really strong, and um, it definitely I think it maybe reminds some people of the of the Bruins um, too, yeah. with just the the two guys that that they have, and and knowing that um, whoever's in net, they're maybe a little bit different, but they're going to be uh, but they're going to be really um, strong no matter who's in the net because they both kind of have their own strengths and. Um, just kind of give the team the best position to the best chance to win and put them in a position to win. All right. Next up are the Vermont Catamounts. Vermont is three, five, and one. Strange. The Catamounts have had two uh, bye weeks so far, which is mm. uh, unusual. Uh, but they're going to be playing late into the semester with a couple of games at Long Island. Uh, for Vermont, I think one of the interesting things was the coaching situation up there. Right. Uh, Todd Woodcroft was uh, dismissed in the offseason. So Vermont uh, brought in a, a new coach. So uh, there was that bit of adjustment. But it, the adjustment, I think, went pretty smoothly because Coach Weidler was uh, on the staff with um, right. Todd Woodcroft. Uh, some nice young stars on that uh, Vermont team. Yoel Mata, along with uh, Simon Yelush. Some bright young stars and uh, Vermont. I think they're improving, and I think they'll continue to improve. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, the the coaching situation was unexpected for for sure. Um, but but I think it, it seems like he's going to be. Obviously, he's the interim coach right now. But um, I think he brought in his own. He, like they they let him hire his own uh, assistant coaches. So it certainly seems like he would be the guy that they want to kind of take in that direction. That that we're talking about. And for, for a few years, they've been a really young team. They're getting a little bit more experience now um, with that. Um, they're maybe not scoring as much as, as you'd, you'd like, but, but they've, they've, again, they, they're, they're, they're improving and, and, and you see it in, in the record as well with um, a win at UMass and, um, and a couple of others along the way. So, um, and yeah, they, they want to shoot out at Providence. That was one of the only kind of blemishes in Providence's, um, unbeaten streak. So maybe still a little bit on the younger side, but getting there and, and their goaltending play has been really good. Um, kind of looking at their numbers before, um, we we were talking, I, I I didn't really, uh, I hadn't caught that that number was so high for, for Gabe carrier. They've also had a couple of, um, transfers come in as well. Um, which seems like it's kind of helped their, um, what had been a youthful team in, in the past. So, um, definitely encouraging signs there. And, um, will be interesting to see what happens in the, in the second half for, um, for, for, for Vermont. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the next team we're going to talk about are the UMass Lowell River Hawks. The River Hawks are five, eight, and one. Uh, they're struggling to score goals right now, but mm. they have a couple of players on that team that are dynamic. Matt Kraza, I've always been a big fan of him. And uh, uh, Nick Rayum has had a terrific stretches of late. He scored the game winning goal against Merrimack last week. And he also had uh uh, a goal in the game on Wednesday up at Merrimack. Uh, I feel those two are top flight players. 
with, with Lowell, you know what you're going to get, right? They defend as good as any team in the country. I think scoring has been inconsistent, but I think if they are able to figure out that part, watch out. Yeah, th- this was the team, I, I think, coming into the season, obviously, when we're kind of thinking about where teams are going to fall. Um, I think this was the one that I struggled with the most. Um, because like you said, you always know what you're going to get with, with Norm's teams, but it doesn't seem like it's come together maybe as quickly as it usually does, which I guess could come back to, to bite as far as the, the record so far at, at, when it comes to the end of the season. Cause I, I really, I guess, trusted Norm to kind of figure it out, but, mm-hmm. um, again, it hasn't really happened so far. So yeah, if they're able to get some more consistency out of some of those guys, Krasa, is is the one to me that that I guess when we were looking at the first few games of the season, he definitely looked like the one that was going to to do that. But I don't think he has scored since then. So definitely some things to to figure out um, as far as offensively. Um, like you said, the, the defensive side is is usually always there and has been there. Um, they played really well in in that kind of series at Merrimack and and have played well in some other games against top teams. I think they played. BC and BU so far. So certainly the schedule hasn't helped them maybe. Um, but yeah, I think that there's definitely um, an element of that always trusting that, that they're going to be there at the end. So if they are able to figure it out from the offensive standpoint, like you said, I, I wouldn't want to see them coming down the stretch. And and obviously that's a theme that you, you can always say in this league because um, there are so many talented teams, but, but it seems like this one in particular is always there. So uh, we'll see what happens if they're able to figure some of those things out. All right. The only team we haven't touched on yet are the Northeastern Huskies. It's uh, certainly has been a rough start over there on St. Patal Street. They're trying to overcome a couple of key losses, right? Devin Levi went yeah. to the NHL and uh, Aiden McDonough, uh, who was an elite player, he left as well. Uh, is this Northeastern team going to turn things around in the second half? They've got uh, some solid offensive pieces in Liam Walsh. Uh, they've also got uh, the, Rich- the Rizkovian brothers. They've got uh, Gunnar yep. Wolf-Fontaine. So what has been the source of Northeastern struggles and do you feel they're going to turn this thing around? Yeah. The, another team like you just named a handful of really talented players, but the thing with them and we were talking about injuries with Merrimack is they've been banged up. And um, obviously that's not the only kind of excuse for, for the troubles so far, but um, Ritzkovian was hurt for, for several games. He, he hasn't played, um, maybe about half of the game so far. So obviously losing your top center is never gonna, never going to help. So, so that kind of threw them and, and that was right at the beginning of the season too. So um, kind of adjusting the lines right off the bat. Um, and, and Hunter McDonald is probably their best defenseman and he's only played one or two games so far. So definitely um, you'd look to that as a major reason for kind of the struggle so far, if they're able to get their kind of talented lineup back together Um it'll be interesting to see down the stretch where, where they go. Um, but, but as far as the guys who have been in the lineup that, that you just mentioned, that they, they haven't scored a ton of goals. So mm. um, the uh, again, and with, with losing Levi too, that was definitely a question mark coming in. I think Cam Whitehead was definitely the guy that they tabbed for that. And his numbers maybe aren't the greatest, but, but he hasn't been the main problem. It's been kind of that, that scoring touch that they haven't been able to find. But yeah, if the guys like Fontaine, if Ritzkovian's able to kind of do what he's been able to do in, in, in his career at fully healthy, um, it's definitely a team that has the talent to do it. It's just a matter of kind of putting those pieces together. They've had a couple of guys who've kind of stood out in this time, like Jack Williams, but um, 
but there's definitely uh, some room to to grow on that offensive side over the course of the year if they're able to get their their lineup together. So um, that's kind of the the most troubling spot for for them so far. But but they definitely have the talent in the room to to get it done, even with losing someone like McDonough. Um, Jerry Keefe was really excited about the kind of the depth of the team coming into the season, and um, it hasn't uh, transpired the way that he would hope with those injuries. But definitely some talent in the room. All right. Uh, I think the best way to summarize how things have gone for the men is that uh, five teams are in the top 10 of the pairwise right now. You've got yep. BU. You've got BU at number three. BC is one, actually. BU is three. Maine yep. is at five. UMass is at seven. Providence and eight. And UNH sits right outside the top 10. They're at number yep. 11. So it has been a tremendous first half of the season. And I uh, can't wait to see what the second half brings. Uh, touching very quickly on the women. Uh, UConn, BC, and Vermont uh, are pacing the conference, uh, Josh. Uh, UConn has uh, ridden to the uh, top of uh, Hockey East. So uh, we've had some great play on the women's side. We look for that to continue in the second half. Yeah, obviously it's been a different um, year on the women's side because you're so used to seeing Northeastern at the top of those standings for for more than a handful of years in a row. And obviously they lost a ton. Um, And and it's been um, maybe a little bit more difficult um, to kind of find the right combinations there. But yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely been a good year. You're kind of seeing the, the depth of the league maybe really show more because there isn't that one truly dominant team. BC's been, um, uh, again, uh, right at the top. of the, They've had a little bit of a maybe more down stretch than they're used to uh, over the past couple of years um, uh, on their team. So it's been um, good to see them at the top of the standings, um, near the top of the standings, yeah. Um, so definitely a good um, year in the league on the women's side so far, and, and you're really seeing the kind of depth of the league yeah. um, m- maybe showing through more so than you have in the past just because Northeastern isn't running away from the from the field at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, the standings are tightly packed, and you're going to have a tremendous, tremendous second half of the year. And uh, I just want to touch very quickly on the bean pot. Uh, the women's yeah. final, the women's final will now be at the Garden which is outstanding. We've been waiting for that to happen for a long time. Yeah. But uh, I think the bean pot's going to be extremely exciting once again on both sides, the men and the women. Yeah, um, that women's announcement w- was something I know, um, just talking to some people at Media Day before the season, uh, something they've been trying to do for a long time and and really definitely deserved because um, th- those are some of the, the best um, kind of teams in the country, really, when you think about it in the last couple of years and some of the players that they're able to produce at such a high level of the game. And uh, it'll be really fun to see it on that stage on the men's side. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously BC and BU are playing in the first round, which is going to be just an incredible series this year. I think they, they play their regular hockey series right before it. Um, so, so those two teams, it, one of them's obviously going to be in the championship game. So um, maybe a little bit more open than it would be if, <laughs> they were playing each other in, in, in the championship. Um, so that, that other game is going to be interesting. Cause obviously like we were just talking about with Northeastern, it's definitely, you could definitely see them turning things around if they're able to get their lineup fully healthy and, and they're on the way to that. Uh, Ritzkovian is back um, in, in the lineup and um, McDonald's really kind of the key player that they're waiting on at this point. So, and Harvard just saw them um, o- over the weekend play for, for the first time. Um, they have a weird schedule to begin the season. I don't think they're going to be home again until like the middle of January, two months, uh, almost two months from now. Um, so, so got to see them against um, two really good hockey teams in, in UMass and, 
and BC definitely held their own against BC for two periods, but um, maybe the depth of, of BC kind of won out there. So um, Harvard's really young this year. Um, they lost a lot, kind of several guys who've gone right into to play in the NHL. So um, a- after their, their senior year or their career, uh, college career. So um, if they're able to kind of figure out lines and, and, and overcome um, kind of some of those youth um, slow uh, struggles that maybe you expect from a freshman, um, I could see them being really strong down the stretch. So it's going to be, it, it always comes at a time of the year where um, teams are really looking to, to kind of be at their best as they get down the stretch. And, and these teams, if they're able to do that, it's going to be a really fun being part and a really fun end to the season for the teams in Boston, because obviously BC and BU are two of the best in the country right now. And, and the other two definitely have, have talent in the room to, um, to help them along as we go towards the, the second half. They're able to kind of figure out what's gone wrong for them in the first half so far. Well, Josh, tell us a little bit about your work with the New England Baseball Journal and also your work with Field Level Media. Sure. Um, yeah, so obviously baseball is kind of what got the two of us together. So uh, <laughs> I, I guess you know um, just how long um, and how much I love that sport as well. Um, yeah, so so New England Baseball Journal, similar to hockey, it's kind of covering the, the sport at all levels from um, from youth and high schools to, to I do um, – uh, a lot of the work on the college side, kind of division one, two, and three. It's such a great sport in this region where obviously the Red Sox are so prominent and, and their organization with the number of affiliates that they have in the area and, and, and the colleges are no exception to some of the um, best teams in the country are playing here now with Northeastern and, and UConn and BC. Those two teams have just built relatively new facilities. Um, so it, it's really fun to cover those and, um, just kind of see the the work that they've put in to kind of bring themselves up to um, the higher levels of, of college baseball. So that that's really um, kind of the level that I spend the most time at um, as far as those, um, as far as New England Baseball Journal and, and covering the region. Um, so it's really fun to kind of see what they've done um, in, in that sport where obviously it's, it's cold up here to, to begin the season, <laughs> of course. Um, and a lot of it goes on as hockey is finishing up, but um, as you get into the spring, these are some of the, the best teams in the country. And it's a really great, um, great take that I've, that I've enjoyed covering for, um, for the other half of the year. Well, and, and tell us a little bit about field level media. Sure. Um, so that is a, it is a wire service similar to the Associated Press. So um, they just have a, a network of writers across the across the country. Um, I think it was born. Out of, I'm not 100 percent sure, actually, but I think it was born out of COVID and, mm-hmm. and actually just needing journalists to cover events um, where obviously some publications are not traveling writers or um, or, or, or as many writers or not all the time. Um, so, so I'm one of the people here in, in Boston and, and that's really covering, um, obviously they cover all four teams, um, in college football and basketball and some other things. So, uh, I guess the Bruins are really where I, um, do the most for them, but I've done kind of, you, you name it, um, uh, of that list that I just mentioned that I, I've covered events. Um, uh, but the Bruins are really where I spend the most time, um, with them and, and kind of where I've done the most coverage, um, so far where can people follow your work josh 
Yeah, I guess the, the best place to see everything in, in one is um, on Twitter or, or X or um, <laughs> whatever um, it's called, um, whatever people are knowing it as. Um, Joshua Cummins, just my name, uh, K-U-M-M-I-N-S is the last name. Great. And I know you cover a lot of hockey. Where are you going to be this weekend? Yeah. Um, so I will probably see you at one of the one of the games uh, against BU. Um, and probably one of the BC uh, Northeastern games as well. Great stuff. Well, Josh, we appreciate you spending some time with us here. Always great talking with you. You always give us great insight. Uh, enjoy the rest of the first semester, and uh, we'll see you going forward in the second semester. And uh, again, thanks for your time. We truly appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. All right. He's Josh Cummins, correspondent for the New England Hockey Journal and the New England Baseball Journal also working for Field Level Media. We invite you to stay with us. Next week, we'll have another edition of Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Thanks again for tuning in. Hi, this is John Leahy. Please check out my website at johnrleahy.com. You can explore the history of my time in sportscasting from my early days to the present. You can view my resume, listen and watch my audio and video demonstration reels, as well as learn about this podcast, my internet radio station, the Harbor Light Sessions Radio Network, watch my music demos, learn about my books, audiobook narration, and you can check out my event calendar. There's also an informational section with tips and tools in broadcasting, along with my personal influences and cool links. Check it out at johnrleahy.com.